You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 359. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my wonderful friends, and welcome to the show again. Oh my goodness, has it been a pretty long pause since I last shared, but I'm so excited to check in with you guys today, share a little bit about myself and what's been going on with myself and Atlas here in Lisbon, and also some new exciting things in regards to a flashback, throwback, mashup class that I'm really excited to do coming up in June as well, and to do some Q&A with you guys from some questions that people have submitted over on Instagram. So before I get started, I just want to say thank you so much for checking in and listening to the show still. If you're just finding the show, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, hello again. I hope you're doing really, really well at this time of the year, whenever you're listening to this. If you're listening to it as it's airing, I hope your early summer or fall, depending which hemisphere you're in, is going well for you. Here in Lisbon, Atlas and I have been exploring all along the coastlines of Portugal to see if we can find a place that we can spend some time surfing, beaching, and just enjoying all that Portugal has to offer. So far, we haven't found that place place yet, but we shall see what unfolds next for us. And in the meantime, just enjoying our life and just kind of making a lot of interesting closures and transitions in different aspects of our lives just in this period of time. If you guys are aware of astrology and all of those sorts of things, you may know there was just the eclipse, the full moon and retrograde. So there was a lot of stuff going on in the last few weeks. And I've actually been really thriving in its amazing way, which I'm super thankful for because I've been really using it to set intentions personally to things that I would like to close, wrap up, or release. So on the practical level, that could be like the extension I filed for my taxes to be finished, so getting that stuff done. That could be looking like old patterns or habits of belief that you wanna let go of and saying, you know what, I think it's time to let that go. And even just when it comes to physical possessions, I've been excited to go through my wardrobe and yet again do a little end of the week exfoliation in this season of life. And I think as I've chosen to use this time to wrap up and close up projects before starting new ones, that's been going super well. So if you are still in this period of time before June 2nd, maybe you also, if you're not already, want to consider doing something like that. Just take a look at what you have on your plate and what you'd like to release. Even as you listen to this, I'm actually recording this on a little mic, a lapel mic and my phone. And so the audio is not quite what you're used to with the show because one of the things Retrograde is also known for is the communication and technology things. Well, my computer, which I have loved to bits for the last many years. I think it's about a six or eight year old laptop. I've had it longer than I've been single and traveling and all that stuff. This is from, I think my Chicago days and I've loved it, but the battery has been replaced once or twice and now it's just kind of not working anymore. So that's one of the things I'd like to wrap up in this season as well, is getting a new laptop for new projects going forward. And on that note, there are two new projects. One's a secret one I can't share just yet because we're still in the formation of getting the branding and design and stuff like that going forward. So when that is ready to share, I'm excited to do so. But in the meantime, also I have a 
Very exciting class I'm so excited to share with you guys. On Instagram a few weeks ago, I was asking people if they were excited to do a class again. I don't know if you guys are those that are some of the people that have taken my classes in the past or have not done so in the past or are you're just new to this and you're like, what? You teach classes? You even podcast? <laughs> those are all new things to me. So uh, as you may or may not know, I've taught over 6,000 people. It might even be over 7,000 at this point through online classes for over 10 years. I don't know exactly the number. I think it was around 25 when I started. So that'd be about 12 to 13 years now of online teaching. And it has been so fun. My first big class that people may remember was Life with Intention Online. That was values-based intentions, a very beautiful class that still has a lot of grip and grit. I have to say that class was really beautiful and something that I really look back on fondly and very proudly, actually. I put a lot of work into it. It took about 14 months to put together, but it helped thousands of people and was truly amazing at the time. And then I evolved into Flow with Intention. Now, Flow with Intention was a huge class, probably the biggest class by the number of students that ever took it. I taught it twice a year over several years. This was during my heavy Abraham Hicks phase, aligning, energy, quantum mechanics, neurology, all of that good stuff, but especially the Abraham Hicks law of attraction work and manifesting. It was amazing. I love teaching that class and it was probably one of, to this day, of all the people I've ever worked with, a lot of people talk about having taken flow with intention, even in more advanced classes that I'll share soon. Then that led into Magic Not Manual, which was during my cocoon slash dragon phase of consciousness, going through some really deep releasing in that period of my life. And so the class kind of reflected that as well. Um, we did some emotional beanbag releasing and letting go of some of the mental control that I had more focused on heavily in the flow with intention era of my life in teaching. So that was a really great step two, if you will, to flow with intention. Lots of people still, even in the questions and comments in the recent weeks when I posted on Instagram, were saying that those are the two most heavily referenced classes people took with me and also would like me to revisit. I also taught C-School, which is around consciousness and brain states. That was a really fun class to teach in addition. So basically, and then from there, there was awareness at home. There was playtime about time and leaving the rat race of time as many people live it today. And then there's obviously IVFT, inner voice facilitator training and other smaller classes along the way. But when it came to the interest people had in a class, I was just kind of feeling into it as well as everybody's feedback was showing up. And I was feeling similarly. It's just a lot of people that miss being a part of the community. During these classes, a few hundred people would typically take flow with intention at a time. And so there was just this beautiful community effect that blossomed from it. They'd have chats, people would meet other people from their part of the world or other parts of the world they connected to. I would coach until I couldn't talk anymore, <laughs> sometimes going for three, four, five, even six hours at a time coaching in the hot seat one-on-one -on -one with different people that were raising their hands to ask questions. And it was really great for other people to watch on as I helped someone with one problem they usually could relate to one or two or many of the other students' questions and topics as well. So anyways, this is what I'm thinking feels the most aligning and fun. Having been several years out of teaching flow with intention or magic, not manual, I really love the idea 
of going back to the principles shared in those classes, but from this new place and point of view I have in my life, my awareness and my world. And also as the world is now in 2022, instead of 2017, 2018, when these classes were being taught around that time. So I would like to do a new class, mashing up those principles, but really sharing from where I am now and how I would do things now. So this isn't just gonna be another flow with intention. and it's not going to be a magic not manual class it's going to be a brand new course but we'll be circling back to some of those principles that still maintain the test of time and what I would still do and actually what I literally do in my life today even with all of the other journeys and experiences I've had what do I still do what do I find most practical and how would I advise anybody in the journey along their own consciousness to help themselves elevate with intention. That's the new class name, Elevate with Intention. So it's not flow with intention. It's gonna have principles of both classes, magic, not manual. There will be beanbag releasing. There will be understanding when to let go and when to lean in, in terms of your mind and using visualizations or manifesting with intention or actually letting go and when to do which and which way to go for so many different aspects of life. Literally anything that your mind is pondering, that's what we'll be covering. So there's no specific area of life. This is more about how to approach every area of your life in an elevated way. So if this is feeling aligning, your intuition will give you that nudge saying, yes, 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 sign up, sign up, or no, this isn't for you. You have no idea if I'll ever teach this again. So this very easily could become one of those classes I teach once and then becomes an evergreen course that people can look at the recordings and watch later and take at their own leisure whenever they find this in their path as well. So no promises to future classes, just this round is all I'm currently committing to, but it'll be four weeks long and we're gonna use the old throwback pricing as well, a 444 USD. So if this is something that you're interested in, it'll be four weeks on Wednesday starting June 8th and it's going to be in reverse of usual. So other classes in the past I've done with a typical North American evening time, but because I'm here in Europe myself and other Europeans are as well, I'm going to kind of do an inverse. So instead of having one single Europe night, we're gonna have a North American night and a lunchtime learning for North American time and an evening European time. So I won't be teaching from 10 to one or two in the morning which has been a lot of, uh, I will do for one of the classes for the North American night. I will be doing it in that late period in the European time zone, but otherwise we'll be teaching during the day. So if you can't make, let's say you have a day job in North America, so it's not gonna be as easy to join all three or four hours that we do the coaching for, you'll be able to submit questions and I'll read them at the top of the call and answer those questions. So your questions will still get to be answered uh, even if you can't make it live wherever you are. And I know also this applies to Australians and South Africans and people in other countries and time zones as well. So submit your uh, questions to the class if you're not able to make the class live and do the coaching with me one-on-one -on -one in the hot seat. But I'm just super excited to share from the now, also refer back to the mashups of the classes in the past, and kind of bring us to this now moment and in a more elevated way. So I'm excited to share the principles I find truly worthwhile to cultivate and those you can let go of if you're curious. And also for those that have taken those previous courses, obviously you have the principles of if you're using them, great. If you wanna to touch base and do elevate with intention with us and your intuition saying yes, 
Join us, of course, and sign up and register as well. The fun thing for those people that have taken the classes in the past will be kind of a chance to meet new members of the community and also connect with those you've known over the years as well. So I'm very excited. I have shared this with a few of our IVFT graduates and a few people in a team and everybody's super excited and just really excited to connect. The community is so kind and I want to sound silly to say, but high vibe, so to speak, that it's just really beautiful. People are really honest. We're really down to earth. When people have beanbags, there's so much compassion for people. We'll be doing that on the calls as needed as well. So there's just going to be a lot of companionship, connection, camaraderie, and elevation along the way. So if you're curious, go over to jesslively.com slash elevate with intention to sign up. And we're excited to work with you starting June 8th. Okay, now let us also go over and do the Q&A's. So let us scroll down the Instagram lane. <laughs> I'm going to start off with the first question from Katie Dahl. Would you share about how you work in or on your business now? Do you schedule work time? How do you decide what to do next? How do you choose staff members? How do you manage your team? Okay, this is a lot of questions. So I will say the very in-depth answer to this question would be in invoice. This was one of the classes I taught over the years, and that's gonna be your super, super deep dive into my business, and especially when I was a more active role in that business at the time. Right now, I've been feeling like I'm in a bit of a hibernation phase. I have no idea what's coming next, but I can just tell my consciousness is going inward rather than outward for the last several months, as you've probably seen from me being not very active in posting very much. I've just been very present in my now reality, and that's totally fine. I'm so trusting and peaceful with my intuition around my career that when it wants to go quiet inside and go deep, I am happy to do so. And now I get to come out with something fresh and new and elevated, like literally elevate with intention. So if you wanted all these deep questions in a very deep and thorough way, Invoice, which I thought was such a cute name for an inner voice uh, business uncoaching class that I taught years ago, you can go over to justlively.com slash shop. And one of the class bundles of previous recordings we have from previous courses I've taught includes Invoice. And so you can go get all of the nitty gritty, including interviews from my staff members about what it's like to work with me and how they also live this intuitive inner voice way of their own business and the role in our business that they have. So if that's piquing your interest in voice, actually, you know what's so funny? Atlas, of all the things, he's never listened to a podcast really I've ever done. He doesn't totally even get exactly what I do. But the one class, knowing me and seeing how I live and work in my career, he's wanted to have access to was invoice. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that was his too. He's fascinated for his own business, how he can do this in a more easeful and flowing intuitive way for himself. So great class. If you're curious on that, very business and coaching, like I said, teaching you how to go within and how to do things authentically with your inner voice for your company. But in terms of how I schedule my work time right now, there's no schedule for it. I just typically have the impulse to do things. My mind can have an idea of when things will happen. For example, this podcast I mentally expected to do last week, but the fact was I had a cold. I had like a cold. I don't know if it was like a common cold version of COVID or what, but I had this weird niggling cough that I could not get rid of for last week. So I just didn't end up recording the call because I didn't think it would be as clear in terms of my voice for you to listen to as I would want it to. So I let it go. So I just waited until a moment that presented itself to flow. So this is that moment in time. In terms of how I decide what to do next, I feel into it. So I feel like what would feel the most fun 
Most of the time, I'm not even asking inner voice questions to my business topics. I just trust that when it's right, I will feel like it feels like the right fun time to do something. It's truly that simple. So the Elevate with Intention class I've been feeling into and I thought it would be fun to do in the end of my time here in this beautiful flat that we've lived in in Lisbon. I will be moving to a different flat in Lisbon because our lease is ending soon. So I thought it'd be fun to do right before we end. And also because it has been a while and I've realized that I really love working even at a minimum. I love helping people. There is a genuine joy in helping no matter what, whether I had to, whether I don't have to for abundance regardless of that I love helping people about four hours a week is a really beautiful coaching period of time for me so whether that's two clients a week or that that's four hours in one call once a week that is a really beautiful amount of time for me so that sounds good it sounds fun to do it for four weeks it sounds fun to do it in the old way I used to do classes so that's why I'm doing elevate with intention if something felt heavy or like I should quote unquote do it I wouldn't do it for that reason how I choose staff members is intuition as well well. And I always trust that when our staff members, which are so amazing every time, are ready to leave, I always make sure they feel comfortable to let me know without any hesitation or worry on their part that they're in alignment to doing that. Whether they're in alignment to staying or going, I always love to encourage them to know that that's okay to tell me either way. And then when they do leave, that I help them encourage and empower them to help me pick this new staff to take their place and then train the staff member before they leave. So it's a really beautiful transition period. And I just find that over the generations, you could say, because I kind of look especially at our manager role as a generational thing now. It's been about four managers that we've just had some magic in the the flow of it. And what I find fascinating is as different managers leave of our company, they pick someone with their intuition that ends up being perfectly suited to the next phase of our company as well. And their skill sets align to what we're needing next, which I am just flabbergasted by because sometimes you might have a little bit of mental awareness of that. And sometimes we're just shocked because we're not sure what skills we'll need that will be different. But as that person leaves, the new person comes in and then the new needs of the company arise and the skills that this new person has suits it so well. So it's been really beautiful and smooth. In terms of how I manage my team, very short, quick answer is I use WhatsApp and I send voice memos. So people on my team know that that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. It's very easy. Of course, I'm podcasting here with you. It takes very little mental effort for me to communicate verbally. And so it's so nice. Some of our team and managers end up preferring to type me messages back, which is totally fine. Happy to get their messages back. So they don't have to per se be verbal in their own communication style. But I get to speak in my natural communication style, which is WhatsApp. So there you go. That is my answer to that one, Katie. Okay, now we have James Law. He is so sweet. He actually re-pinged this one so it came up to the top so I could see it. He said, my mind wants to know if it's normal to have to release what feels like the same beanbag over and over again. And then also he's in Mexico and do I have any recommendations? Okay, so in terms of the same beanbag over and over again, what I find from my own personal experience with clients and myself over the years with beanbags is that a specific topic could be repetitive in terms of having emotional beanbags or emotional triggers, traumas to a specific topic can be very persistent. And actually, I, sh- I want to do an episode in the not so distant future about past lives and how I've become more and more aware about their 
role in my own life and some of my clients and friends as well. In the most recent months, that's been something that I've been definitely looking into and getting a lot of amazing results from. And that actually may have to do with persistent bean bags that are coming up, but more on that to come. And in terms of the, the what I will say though, as, as if the topic is recursive, that's very possible and common. Like I said, past lives may be connected. In terms of the same feeling in the exact same location after they're properly released, that's more unusual to have the same emotion stuck in the same place in the same feeling of intensity. That's very rare if you've properly, and I say properly being, if you've gone in in a full pure awareness, that's very unlikely to occur in the same spot. So you could have the same feeling in different places appearing in your body or the same thread of topic could create many different feelings and emotions in different parts of the body, but the same one in the same spot, that's rare. So if you haven't done a beanbag release session yet, the foundation now with the living room is doing those for free. So stay tuned and look at the schedule for that. You could go to justlively.com to find out the schedule for the living room. We have a whole of free classes there our foundation is paying our ivft facilitators to teach these classes there's several a week go for it guys go for it this year of 2022 we have put our money into the foundation into giving back through the foundation to these facilitators we pay them and you get to as the public join for free so feel free to go and do that as well and or do a private session with a facilitator to make sure you're knowing how to properly release a beanbag. And that will also be a big piece because if you're not quite sure of how to do it properly, it's kind of like learning to surf. Just because you have the concept doesn't mean you actually know how to do it in your reality. You could like listen to a podcast about surfing, but you need many lessons in the actual ocean. Atlas can attest to this because he's learning to surf uh, to actually get good at surfing. So making sure that you're actually doing it with the most pure awareness and the most, I'll say, proper technique. It's not like there's a specific way is the only right way, but you need that pure awareness fully in the right way to release. So it's not like I care exactly how you're doing this, but as long as it's properly getting released, it doesn't usually resurface in exactly the same place for the same emotion. It'll bounce around. There could be the theme that's persistent, but an actual same one, not usually the same again and again. In Mexico, do I have any recommendations? I do. San Miguel de Allende is one of my favorite places. I spent most time there. Puerto Escondido is magical. I don't know how crowded it is this year versus last year, but that was quite a magical place. Mazunte and Zipolite were also great in those areas, kind of near Puerto as well. Oaxaca in general is just a great area. Loads of nomads and cool people doing interesting things there. And San Pancho outside of Sayulita was quite, quite charming and very similar to Puerto Escondido with La Punta. So La Punta and San Pancho are both amazing smaller enclaves outside of Sayulita and Puerto Escondido itself that are just magical. So if you haven't gone there and you want a little beach time and surf time, those are beautiful places to go. And now let's go on. So we have, oh, and that's her Instagram name. Oh, and she says, just curious about a day in the life of Jess nowadays. Oh, that's such a cute question. There's no exact one day in the life of Jess. It's kind of a what is going on today. It's very cute. Atlas and I have both very flexible. You know, he has his own company. I have my own company. He is more active in the day to day with his company. So he's got meetings going on on a regular basis every day. He has work calls to be made and a lot of like, he's still getting to the place of where he's gonna be hiring staff and having that magical land of assistance and helping and delegation. So for right now, he's doing a lot of this, but also systematizing so that those people will have a really great smooth transition into his team as well. So he's been working on those things. 
but we have a calendar on Google Calendar that we share. And so that has made it super easy for us to be able to slot in different lunches. We often will have lunch together somewhere in the city or at home. And we'll often, you know, we're around each other a lot, I will say. There's usually the mornings we'll get up. He likes to meditate. I sometimes do or even use like a red light around my face with a little meditation. I'm learning how to do my hair curly because I naturally have very curly, thick hair. And so I'm going kind of back to figuring out the curly girl method, so to speak. And today, for example, woke up and did a little clarifying and a protein moisture treatment and then did the red light. And so kind of had a slow morning. He did a coffee with a kind of a business colleague contact person. I met up with a friend and I've been kind of helping a few of my friends here in Lisbon that are going through really deep cocoon dragon phases. So even though I haven't been publicly serving as you would have known me to do in the past. I've been actually helping a lot of people in my personal life that I know personally to go through some really deep transitions themselves. And one of the friends I had coffee with today for an hour and a half or so. And then I had lunch with Atlas. Now I'm doing the podcast. He's having a workout with my Pilates instructor, Tiago. And now actually in about 20 minutes, I will leave as well. And I will go walk and have my own workout with the Pilates instructor with actually doing Pilates. So it's then after that, I'll do a little bit of shopping and Aaron's on the way home. He's got a work meeting and then we have dinner with friends. So it's a very easy life here in Lisbon. Most of our friends work in a flexible way. Like I've my, one of my closest friends is a real estate agent. So she's doing a lot of meetings in person here in Lisbon, but it's in a kind of patchwork way. Other friends are taking time off from very stressful jobs. And so they're more flexible and available. We don't have a lot of people in Lisbon that we're friends with that are doing a day job in a specific office here in Portugal. Most people are remote working for companies. So even friends that have more structured jobs are usually doing it at a distance, which gives them some flexibility to go to things that we're doing, like our co-working space and stuff. So there's a lot of time to spend with friends and with ourselves. And we like to go on the weekends lately. Every weekend has included our cacao ceremony. So that's one of our like pillars of the week. I still love that so much. And even we're at 33 this weekend, guys. We have gone 33 weeks strong on this and it's only grown my attachment and I don't say attachment, but my preference, my love, my enthusiasm for them. I've even said a few times this week, sometimes the ceremonies, depending on our phase of the life at the time, feel very quick and back to back in that week. And other times I'm like, I can't wait for cacao ceremony coming up. So I'm in one of those phases where it's just so fun and joyful. And I just look forward to them. I think they really, for Alice and I, help anchor our rhythms together in a really beautiful way. So even though we are around each other a lot, even when I went away for four days to Cannes with girlfriends, which was so fun, I came back and we'd had very different four days. Obviously I was with girlfriends out in Cannes, drinking, having fun, shopping, doing girly things. And he was doing some deeper work and some inner work and releasing of some stuff that he had in his own life in that time and connecting with friends in a deep way. And so when we came back, I could tell our rhythms were a bit off in terms of how we normally feel. And actually, and and ironically, I would say in our cacao ceremonies, a lot of times what we're doing is breath work and it can look very formalized, but really it's kind of become a very soft, easy, like laying on his chest and breathing in the same rhythm together. And so it's not like we're trying to be twins. We're very different people in so many ways. But one of the things about breathing with somebody is that you kind of get in sync. And so our, I think our cacao ceremonies themselves, not just the breath work in the ceremony is a microcosm, but on the macro level, the ceremony itself 
itself is about, it's kind of like that connection of syncing up our rhythms. So we can have very different work lives as we do, but we can have a very cohesive life together where we kind of are breathing in and out of each other's time and space. And when that four day period happened, we were kind of off rhythm. We weren't breathing in sync, if you will. And I was so excited coming back as the few days unfolded before the next cacao ceremony to doing the next ceremony. Because even though I did it Thursday before, night before I left with the girlfriends, by that Friday following, I was like, let's do it Friday instead of Saturday just to have that connection and that syncing up again. And that's been so beautiful. I'm so thankful for that experience. I can't recommend a variation of that, whether you're single, if that's with a friend, a cacao buddy or a girlfriend or whoever it is that's willing to share and have that emotional, uh, I'm calling it emotional hygiene, that ability to connect with somebody, release what needs to be released, connect and deepen. It's just so, so balancing in a beautiful, beautiful way. And now we have Jessica P. She says, hi, Jess. Thanks for doing another Q&A. Has alignment flow, following intuition, look different now considering your partner's own alignment flow and intuition? Any insight on coming together on that or shifting personal intentions or habits for more alignment in the relationship? Oh, this is a great question and something I never previously could have answered, <laughs> not from firsthand experience in a very long time. So yes, there is. I think that one of the things I just shared about is one of them. So as far as personal alignment, our combined alignment happens to be the cacao. So this would be a pointless suggestion to suggest doing cacao ceremonies with a partner that doesn't want to do that with the other partner. That would be not fun to do this with someone that doesn't. It would be kind of like trying to get a partner to go to church with you that doesn't want to go to church with you. Much easier to be with a partner that wants to go to the church with you if that's what they're also naturally interested in. So I'm in a situation where Atlas's enthusiasm for cacao ceremonies were actually what got me into it. I had never had a story about cacao or ceremonies like this, but so I was like the more partner that was on the back foot about like, I don't know, let's see how this goes. I literally had no connection or attachment to it. But what has become very empowering for me and very personally aligning is the fact that our connection so strengthened, our growth is so strong as a couple and individuals because of it. So I love the results of it more than I care about a cacao ceremony as a word or even the thing of cacao. Like none of that to me matters as much as the time and the connection and that breathing in harmony syncness that I was explaining about our lives. That's what I love about cacao and why we do it. It doesn't as you call it anything. You could do it with tea. It literally is the connection ceremony that we're really creating that matters so much to me. So that being a very big piece of alignment for both of us and kind of our cornerstone together. But in terms of flow and following intuition, one of the interesting things is we have a friend here, a dear friend who's an astrologer, and she did a reading for me on my birth chart, which I hadn't really ever had done, kind of had, but not really remembered it in the past. And so she did this to me before we started dating. And actually, one of the insights she came across helped me realize that he would be a good partner for me. But also, aside from that, he just did his own chart reading. And when she did mine, she was kind of shocked because because literally I follow my inner voice, I was already following my chart. <laughs> so except for one little piece that needed to clink in with her clarity, the rest of it, she was shocked because she'd never seen anybody that was living their chart so fully and perfectly. For example, my abundance and money house, I had no idea till she told me 
was in the realm of personal transformation. So I literally doing what I do to help you guys <laughs> is a big piece of my own money. Now, that's a very specific subject to have abundance come through, but it happens to be what I've been doing for the last 13 years. So of course, it'd be an easy way to have abundance. I didn't know that because of my chart. I just knew I was supposed to do what I was supposed to do from my own alignment and inner voice and alignment within my wisdom. So I was just kind of living my chart activated in a really natural way. But what was fascinating was atlases. When Atlas got his chart read, I got to hear what was aligning for him. And one of the things about how I receive money versus how he receives money was different. And that was so helpful to know that he, for example, for me, I have abundance in my chart naturally by giving and receiving. So I know, and I've seen this because I've watched my own energy flow this way. When I need money, I receive money. When I don't need money, I don't necessarily need to receive money. It's kind of this heartbeat and needs to go out in order to come in a lot like breathing, which is great. And that's been very seen for me. It's very known. But he has alignment to the more he has, the more he attracts. So that's different than mine. So where I would say, let's invest in something, he might say, no, I need to save even more. And that would feel counterintuitive to my chart, but it would be aligning for his. So that was a really cool example of sometimes there's different alignments and flows that that chart, for example, gave us a nice insight to. So now we can have more compassion and not try to make the other person live exactly the same as us. He loves and thrives on routines. I flow in the now moment, in the unknown. But also that nowness and how I've learned to live from alignment has actually helped him so much as well. So he's learned to let go when things are getting out of whack in his day instead of pushing through and grinding. Even though routines support him, his plans can sometimes be better served by letting go and just starting over the next day. And I'm very good at doing that. And he's learning to do that and seeing the benefits of it. So we're kind of connected, but we do have differences, especially when it comes to planning is structure versus flow into like the unknown now. So yeah, that's a great summation, I I would say, of that question for us. Now we have Cami Minerva who says, when were you back traveling? How did new opportunities and places present to you? How did you feel the flow to go from one place to the other? That's a great question. And it varied every time. So there's no specific single way that it happened for five years. I mean, five years is half a decade. That's a long time. So there's a lot of time where I felt like, well, most of the time I felt like not traveling. So a few times of that period of five years, I would actually, for example, buy the house in Detroit. And of course, I only bought it because I thought I was done traveling. Little did I know I'd only be in the house for four months of my life. <laughs> so I would make this big move thinking it was complete, so to speak. But it really was just a stopping point, a place along the way. And then someone else would end up renting and living in it longer term until I sold it off. So and also Australia in 2018 thought that would be the place for me. And then it didn't work out with the visa and so forth. So I had to let go and keep traveling. So there were periods where my mind would just give up. <laughs> uh, the Detroit was a surprise. That was just an alignment which I didn't expect. Everything fell into place with me planning to go to London and get a visa, but Detroit on the way over to London, a friend sent me a property listing. It was pretty and it looked like my place in Sydney. So I thought I'll go check it out. If it happens, I had nothing else to do that day. So I thought, sure, why not? And it happened to be possible to see it. It happened to be available at the price I wanted. It happened to literally piece by piece, just magically align. But I remember one time in Hawaii was a great example of something totally unexpected. I planned to stay for a few more weeks and booked a place to stay. But when I got into the place, it was kind of like a hotel room, even though it was in a condo building. 
And I was so craving the ability to have a kitchen and be able to cook for myself after a long time in hotel land. I did not want another hotel. And so I realized what was stopping me from changing that up. I felt like the urge to go to see Vancouver. I forget where that surfaced in my mind, but somehow Vancouver was on my mind to go to anyways. And so I decided to ask for a refund on that place. I did lose a little bit of money, but not too much. And then just booked an overnight flight and found an Airbnb and ended up in a friend of a friend's place with a beautiful kitchen overlooking a beautiful place in Vancouver. It was perfect, totally flowed. So I realized that like, if you don't like something, change it. (laughs) And so a few times I did do overnight spur of the moment flights because I could, I had nothing stopping me. And if I wanted to go somewhere different, I would. I remember once in Bali before I fell in love with Bali on the second trip to Bali three weeks in, it was just really hard. It was hot. I wasn't used to what Bali is. And that moment I was thinking about going to Hawaii. And as I was pondering that, I was talking to my friend Dory in Hawaii, seeing if the guest house was maybe available. But I went to a cafe that morning in Bali and I found air conditioning and I found this cute couple that was traveling and they were asking for suggestions and I gave it to them really well. And I just kind of like, I don't know, a few things lined up that kind of had me cool my jets and I just decided to stay a little longer and ended up after that period of being willing to leave, the flow and alignment led to not leaving. I stayed in some beautiful Airbnbs after that and ended up loving Bali and only left because of the pandemic. So that was, it's it's different every time. That's all I can really say. And also I eventually got bold enough to vacation from my vacation. So in Mexico last year, it even got to a point where I at one point realized after staying in San Miguel de Allende for a long time that I wanted to go see the beach. So I took a week trip while staying in San Miguel to the beach. And then I came back to the Airbnb I was renting in San Miguel. That previously would have been a limitation or a story that I can't do that. But then I said, who who's telling me I can't do that? Of course I can do that. So there's so many times that I blew my own mind and my own limitations out of the way and realized there's nothing stopping you from doing what you want except for yourself and your own intuition guiding you to the best and highest for you. So those would be my suggestions. And of course, you can always go into your inner voice if you want to as well. Okay, next up long question from Lara Higginson. I try to do what I want as much as possible, but sometimes we don't want to do things and then end up doing it and are glad that we did it. So my question is, how do we know when we should do something, even if we might not like doing it at the time? For example, I had nerves around presenting to a client and didn't really want to do it. But when it was done, I was so glad I did it. But if I truly follow my emotions, I wouldn't have done the presentation at all. Hopes this makes sense. Oh, Lara. Okay, so inner voice is that clarity. And if you don't know how to hear your inner voice or between the difference of your mind and the inner voice, please try some of the living room classes that strike your interest to help you understand the difference. So your mind has a whole bunch of opinions and stories and your inner voice has wisdom and truth for you. So following your inner voice will do the clarity for you to when you should do something versus when you shouldn't do something. There's been many times my mind has not wanted to do what my inner voice has guided me to, and I've always had the free will to choose. Do I want to do what I'm hearing my inner voice say to do or do I not? So that's at the end of the day, your mind can throw a fit and you can still follow your inner voice. Does that make sense? Your mind can say no and your inner voice can say yes to a subject, whether that's staying in a relationship or leaving a job or whatever the case may be, your mind does not have to agree with your inner voice, but you can choose to hear the difference and tell the difference between the two. And you can't have free will to choose which one you want to do. You don't have to have mental alignment to following your inner voice. You don't. You can do something that your mind doesn't want to do 
because your inner voice wants you to. Or your inner voice can say to do something and you can choose to do what your mind wants to do. Depending on how big the emotional beanbags are, the easier it will be to overcome your mind and follow your inner voice or compelling it will feel. But when there's no more inner beanbags left, emotional beanbags left on that topic, your mind will just follow your inner voice naturally. So. That would be the very short answer to that question. Okay, and last but not least, I have a question from Christy Monty Smith. You said, how long did it take you after you met Atlas to know he was the one you had been waiting for? Aw, well, that's a really cute question. Huh, I would say that the way our unfolding happened after I met him is actually a great question. I met him weeks and weeks before we actually even started dating. But once we started dating, it was very quickly. We had a magical moment in the teepee. I think we shared about that in the episode previous to this one. So if you haven't listened, there's a really long episode about all our details. But we met and I did not look at him as, oh, he's the one for me in any way. He was obviously very good looking. That I was very clear with. He was very kind. I remember the first day I met him, he drove me and a friend of mine to the co-working space that we were going to. And I was taking a nap on the sofa in this space and he tucked my legs in, which was such a cute little moment. He didn't have to tuck my legs in the blanket that I was sleeping in, but he chose to. And I don't think that he did that because he thought I was the one or anything like that, I would say. But it was a cute little moment. But even as I got to know him, he was very active in the community, but very, I would say, very masculine energy, very gung-ho, like inclusive, but like kind of like a Navy SEAL. We talk about that personality trait of his from one of his past lives, like he was a Navy SEAL in a past life. So he's got this kind of like active go, go, go. And he was super passionate about veganism. And at the time he was a vegan dating only vegans. And so I'm not being vegan was not going to fit that bill, first of all, nor was I attracted to the idea that my partner would want me to eat a certain way in order to be dateable. So like that was not an appealing trait that he had at the time. But in the funniest moment of our you know first cacao ceremony when we started dating he actually ate eggs that day which I always found so beautiful because it showed me I wouldn't have to change who I was to be with him and yeah I don't know it just became clear over the time the more we spent one-on-one time together but that happened over a month after we had met originally and then I'd say that the as far as the one I've been waiting for that detail really happened in the TP, which happened to be one week after we started dating on my 37th birthday he you surprised me and took me on a four day trip and we went to this teepee and we had a cacao ceremony it was our first one as a couple our second one overall and that's where we kind of poked through time and saw that we'd known each other before and we could just connect on that deeper level that was probably the most magical moment of all so there you have it, guys. That's so fun to be able to do these Q&As. Maybe I'll come back to this. We'll see. Maybe the kind of like hibernation periods over, or at least it's definitely not to do elevate with intention. So excited. I've been drawn so much to this concept of elevating. There's a naturalness to that. There's an ease to that. There is a intentionality, but also in a gentle way. And it just is very, very evocative of everything that I've been doing lately. And I'm so excited to share. So if your intuition is feeling it's a fit to do that class with us, we're so excited to work with you. Like I said, that's over at JessLively.com slash elevate with intention. And until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. 